Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, dear brothers and sisters. I would like you please to turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. And in this ministry meeting, we are going to continue with our study of 1 Corinthians. This very important book or letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth. A letter that is filled with corrective ministry to an assembly in the city of Corinth, which were filled with problems that needed to be addressed. We have arrived to chapter 6, and we have entered already into this chapter, and we concluded in our previous meeting together, we dealt with 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 1 to 11. And I would like to continue, beloved brothers and sisters, to read these final verses of chapter 6 that will be very helpful for us to deal with as we progress chapter by chapter and verse by verse in the study of the book of 1 Corinthians. I would like you to notice what the Apostle Shaul Paul is saying from verses 12 to 20, and he is dealing with the obligation of God's people to live a moral life that will honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God. All the persons of the Godhead were involved in our salvation. The Father sent the Son. The Son gave Himself on the tree. The Holy Spirit of God is indwelling and working in the hearts of all believers. And in this sixth chapter from verse 12 to to verse 20, Shaul Paul is emphasizing the obligation of the believers in Yeshua the Messiah to use their bodies for the glory of God. And so we read in verse 12 to verse 20, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meat for the belly, and the belly for meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by His own power. Know you not, know you not, that your bodies are the members of Christ, Mashiach? Shall I then take the members of Christ, and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. 
What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And I would like to stop here. Just a few verses here in these last verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It is very interesting because 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and chapter 6 really belong together in the order of that which the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians. In other words, the believers at Corinth, not only that they had issues that have been dealt with already in the first four chapters, that they had problems with respect to unity. They had many divisions. But in chapter 5 and chapter 6, there was an issue of immorality by virtue of the fact that, first of all, in chapter 5, one of the believers in that local assembly had relationship with his stepmother, and he lived life that was contrary to the Lord, contrary to the instruction that God had given for his own people. And Shaul Paul was saying to the Corinthians, you are puffed up. You are not really mourning. You should have been taking away this person from among you. You should have been putting him out of the fellowship of the believers. Then in chapter 6, we have already dealt with as well in the first uh, 11 verses. And there, beloved brothers and sisters, the next issue that was linked with that is that there was immorality, but there was also the manner of their behavior towards one another proved that there was not only lack of godly moral standard, but also there was terrible mannerism whereby they were dealing with one another, and they were taking one another to court, to an unbelievers, judges, who were now needing to hear the problem that existed among the believers at Corinth, who should have been setting an example to the world, but instead they were going to the unbelieving world, to take each other to court. In fact, they defrauded one another, according to chapter 6 and verse 8. Nay, ye do wrong and defraud. In other words, you were oppressing, you were robbing one another, and that is even your own brethren. And so now, as we have dealt with these Previous verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 11, from verse 12 on, 
the apostle is emphasizing to the Corinthians the need and the obligation that they have not to live immorally, not to use their bodies in a way that dishonor the Lord, whether it is through sexual immorality or whether it is through defrauding one another and and dealing with one another in a wrong way. And if you remember, in verses 9, 10, and 11, the apostle mentioned, before he's moving now into verse 12 on, in verse 9, he says, Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He continued to say, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And he continued to say, Will ever inherit the kingdom of God in verse 10. In other words, he was specifically emphasizing sexual immorality in verse 9, sexual sins. In verse 10, he is pointing to that they were abusing this, uh, defrauding one another. That's why in verse 10 he says, No thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners. They were dealing with one another in such a bad way. He says, even those who are practicing that and living this without to judge themselves, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, Believer will may fall to any of these sins, but he or she will not continue on with this kind of lifestyle to dishonor the Lord. They will have to go and repent before the Lord. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John chapter one verse nine. And so in verse. 11, before we are continuing now to see the obligation that uh, Corinthians were uh, exhorted by the Apostle Paul to have in their life, in verse 11 he says, And such were some of you. In other words, the Corinthian believers came from a lifestyle of idolatry, adultery, abuse of their bodies, thieves, covetousness, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. In fact, Each and every one of us who receive forgiveness, we receive forgiveness because we all came from a sinful lifestyle before we have recognized that we need forgiveness. And we came to the Lord Yeshua, our Messiah, and said to him, Lord, have mercy on me, I have sinned. And he forgave our sins, and he paid for our sins when he died for us on that shameful tree. And that's why at the end of the chapter The Apostle Paul will tell them, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. And so now, after he has mentioned this, he is highlighting the importance of the responsibility that believers have to use their bodies for the Lord. Not to use our body for sexual sin, not to use our body for anything that is immoral, for being those that will dishonor the Lord, but to use our bodies for the Lord. And therefore, Paul is pointing to obligation that every believer, the Corinthians, and you and I, and all believers have 
Again, to remind you, because we have this sin nature still with us, in a time when we don't walk in the power of the Spirit of God, but walk according to the flesh, and we are not submitting to the Lord, one may, may fall into any one of these sins, but that is not the lifestyle of the believer. The lifestyle of the believer is called to, he or she are called to live a holy life, to, to live a separated life. Be ye holy, as God said to Israel, for I am holy. And so it is interesting here in these verses that Shaul Paul is pointing to the obligation towards all the three persons of the Godhead. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 12 to 14, the believers are called to glorify God the Father with their bodies. In verses 15, 16, 17, and 18, the believer in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, are called to glorify God the Son, that is Yeshua, HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus the Messiah, with their bodies. And then in verses 19 and 20, the believer in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is called to glorify God the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaElohim, Ruach HaKodesh, with their bodies. You and I are called to glorify God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in our bodies as He left us here in this world to live for Him until He will take us home to glory where sin will be no more. And so you notice in verses 12, 13, and 14, Shaul Paul continues and he says, uh, verse 12, first of all, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient or not useful or not profitable. That word for expedient is really not profitable, not useful for the believers. In other words, not everything is useful and beneficial. The Hebrew word is mo'il. Mo'il, not everything in life is mo'ilim, is beneficial, is expedient, is useful. So, all things are lawful unto me. I have liberty to do all things because of I am a child of God. I am a believer. The Lord have forgiven my sin, forgiven our sins. But, while all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are useful or profitable or helpful for the believer. Paul is speaking about himself. Notice he is speaking to the Corinthian and he's in first person and he's saying, All things are lawful unto me, I, Paul, Shaul, Paul, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, he is leading on now, beloved brothers and sisters, to deal with the issue of sexual relationship. In other words, what he is saying, Shaul Paul, he says, you know, all things are lawful. God has given us the, the physical relationship it's a God-given relationship, sexual relationship. Yet the people of God have to understand that God gave the privilege of having physical relationship, but he put boundaries, and the boundaries is within the husband and wife relationship. To remind you of the verse that we have in the book of Hebrews when 
Hebrew writer wrote to his brethren, the Hebrews, he said to them in Hebrews chapter 13, says, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whomongers and adulterers God will judge. This is Hebrews 13 and verse 4. So Paul is sharing his person liberties that he has as a believer, and he says, you know, Corinthians, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not useful or profitable. We can do many, we have many liberties as believers, but not all the things that we have are useful, helpful, and profitable. He continues again, he says, all things are lawful unto me, but he's saying, I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, he's setting an encouragement, direction to say, believers ought not to allow things that they have desired to do, and they have not to allow them to control their lives. That's why you notice twice he's mentioning here, all things are lawful unto me. Again, verse 12b, all things are lawful unto me. But then he said, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I am to control, with the help of the Spirit, to control my body as the Lord, as the Holy Spirit is helping. Later on in chapter 10, he will use the same expression in chapter 10 and verse 23. Shaul Paul would say, all things are lawful for me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So in chapter 10 is in relationship to the Lord's table. In chapter 10 is in relationship to the uh, communion, the remembrance meetings at the Lord's table. Here in the context of chapter 6 is in relationship to sexual immorality, to the usage of the gift of physical sexual relationship. And so he says, all things are lawful. God gave us the gift of sexual relationship, but I'm going to use that within the marriage relationship on the basis of the order in which God had given this unto us. And we know the way the things have happened in Corinth, because the Corinthians, sexual immorality was part of the worship in a pagan world. And the Corinthians, according to verse 11, such were some of you. What? You are idolaters, you are fornicators, you are adulterers, you are effeminate, you are abusers of mankind, you are thieves, covetous, drunkenness, revilers, extortioners. You were, such were some of you, but, he told them in verse 11, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus, in our Lord Yeshua, and by the Spirit of our God. You have been put into a relationship with the Lord, and therefore don't you fall back into the things which you were active in before you turn your heart and your life to God, to the Lord Jesus. And so in verse 13, 
God wants his own people to have a pure life, to have their bodies being used for him. And so, notice what he says in verse 13, very interesting verse, meats for the belly and belly for the meat. Some might say, well, meat for the belly and belly for the meat, you know, so we can just abuse everything because that's what we have had in our life, meat for the belly and belly for the meat, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. In other words, what some might say, you know, say, well, just in you know, we as believers now can continue living a sexual immoral life because just like the belly is made for the food and the food for the belly and we can eat everything at any time and we are but nevertheless they say so now we can continue in this lifestyle as we used to live before because after all we belong to the lord we are saved we are forgiven so meats for the belly and belly for the meat some might say but your apostle shaul paul reminding them he says you know God will destroy both it, that is the body, and the meat, the food, because God is going to come in judgment for those who continue on and live a life that is dishonoring to the Lord, especially the unregenerated, the unbelievers who carry on and says, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. They carry on with their life. They neglect the things of God. They don't subject themselves to the Lord. They reject Him. They reject them aside. They, they don't seem to think that they need forgiveness of sin. So there will be judgment for them. And even for the believer, there will be judgment. A judgment seat of the Messiah, we will be evaluated before the Lord, not for our salvation, but everything that was done for the flesh, everything that was done to dishonor the Lord, will end up to be burned. And we are going, the believer is redeemed on the basis of his or her faith in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. So we do read, notice that in verse 13, where the apostle says, But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, Shaul Paul is saying, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You notice that the context here is the issue of fornication, of a life that is a sinful, immoral, sexual relationship outside of the godly divine order. And the context, of course, is dealing with the believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Notice what Paul said elsewhere in uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? See, when person came to know the Lord Jesus as his or her Lord and Savior, we now, we are new creation. All things have passed away, all become new. We belong to the Savior, to the Redeemer. We belong to God. 
And therefore the believer is called to live for God and not continue to live in the lifestyle which he or she lived before we became children of God by faith in the Lord Yeshua Jesus the Messiah. In Acts chapter 15, when the council in the city of Jerusalem to the Apostle Paul and Barnabas who came there with the evidence that the Lord is working among the Gentile world. And so you notice what the council, the apostles in the city of Jerusalem, the instruction that they gave to the to Paul and to Barnabas as they were going back now, returning to the Gentile believers. You notice what they said to them in uh, uh, Acts 15 verse 20 we read, but he says, I'll read verse 19, Wherefore, this is Yaakov, James said, he said, My sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. But, verse 20, that we write unto them that they abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Again, the next verses, verse 28 29, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meat or from food that is offered unto idols, and from blood, because the life of the flesh is in the blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication. You notice that, beloved brothers and sisters? So, fornication and uh, immoral sexual activity is that which was not only given to our people of Israel under the law, the Torah, but also to the believers in the present day age. And the instruction was already given in the time when Shaul Paul went to the city of Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, to receive instruction concerning the way in which the Gentiles believers are to live, including the Corinthians. And so now in verse 14, as Shaul Paul is speaking, you notice that he uses here in verse 12, 13, and 14, notice Paul is now showing to us and really it's a reference to God who set up this instruction. And as we see it in the context, is presenting before us God, God the Father. For we read in verse 14, And God has both raised up the Lord. Notice this is God the Father. He raised up the Lord. And He will also raise up us by His own power. In other words, God will raise up our bodies. One day we will never be able, using our bodies anymore, to dishonor the Lord. Once we will be resurrected and we will receive a glorified body, we will never sin against the Lord once we will be in His presence. But until that day of the resurrection of the body, the believer in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is called to live a life that is honoring, glorifying God the Father with our bodies. In uh, Romans chapter 6, Paul said to the Romans, 
to the believers there. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, look, God had been gracious with us. He forgave all our sins once and for all when we have accepted the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who died for our sins. Well, some might say, well, we can continue then in sin because God has been so gracious to us. Just like some have been saying at Corinth, meat for the belly and the belly for the meat, therefore we can continue on and have sexual immorality without the judgment of God. Because after all, that was the gift of a sexual relationship was given to men by God. And therefore we can continue to do so. And Paul is seeking to explain to the Corinthians, as well as in Romans chapter 6 to the Roman believers, that we cannot now continue with the way we used to live before we became believers. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. Verse 2 of Romans chapter 6. How shall we that are dead to sin, this is positionally, we have already died to sin, by identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, how can we live anymore in that way? Don't you know that as many as as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, that baptism, that tvila, that baptizo or immersion, is the immersion that happened to us by the Holy Spirit of God, who placed us into Christ, into the Messiah. Like we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized, or baptizo, in Hebrew, nitbalnu, we have been put into and under, immersed, into one body. All believers have been put into that one body by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why he said, don't you know, as so many of us have been immersed by the Holy Spirit into Jesus Christ, we are immersed into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by being immersed, baptism, and into death. That as the Messiah, like as Christ was risen from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. In other words, yes, we fail here. Yes, we have the sin nature. Yes, we struggle with the flesh day by day. Yes, we are called to walk in the Spirit and not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, yet, beloved brothers and sisters, yet we are called by the grace of God and with the help of the Spirit of God to walk here in this world, identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And therefore, we are called to glorify God, the same God the Father, according to verse 14 was both raised up our Lord, our Mashiach, our Lord Jesus. He raised him from among the dead. The very same God will raise up us by his own power. One day he will raise us and we will never need to sin anymore. We'll never have this sin old nature. But here and now we are called 
to glorify God the Father in this world with our bodies as long as we are here. And the Lord has to help us because of this sin nature that we have and the failure that is oftentimes existing and we oftentimes fail in it. And the next verses are now, notice that in verses 15, 16, 17, and 18, Paul is now emphasizing the obligation that uh, the believers at Corinth have not only to glorify God the Father with their bodies, but also to glorify God the Son, the Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, with their bodies. And so in verse 15, 16, 17, and 18, he's emphasizing the important recognition that we belong to that same body. We belong to the Lord himself. And so Paul is saying in verse 15, Don't you know? No, you're not. That your bodies are the members of Christ. Notice, your bodies are the members of Christ. In other words, he is the head, and we are the members of this body. One of the statements that we have in Scripture concerning the body of Christ, this is the fact that uh, he is the head, and we belong to that one body, this spiritual body, that we belong to him. If you remember, in Ephesians chapter 1, we do read in verse 22, And he hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. In other words, Yeshua the Messiah is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. In other words, every believer, every believer, man and woman, boy and girl, whatever people we come from, nations, every true believer is really part of that body of Christ, body of Mashiach. In Hebrew, it is called Guf HaMashiach. He's the head, he's in heaven. We are here as his body, as a members of his body here on earth. And because we link with him, therefore, our life should be characterized as a life that is honoring the Lord Himself. In chapter 4 of Ephesians, we read in verse 4, notice that there is one body. There is only one body, and that body is the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, the body of Yeshua the Messiah. He is the head, we are the body. Ephesians 4 and verse 12, for the reason that the gifts were given, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This expression is very interesting. Body, goof, of Christ, of the Messiah. He is the head, we are the body, as we read in chapter 1 and verse 22. Now notice in verses 15 and 16 of Ephesians chapter 4, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Notice he's the head, we are the body. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part 
maketh increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we belong to the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And again, the mystical body, that means that he is the head, we are the body. We don't see him, he sees us. We don't see all believers, but yet there are a group of believers. All true believers belong to the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And the scripture calls us the body of Christ. Now we are members, and every member is a human being, is a believer. And we are living here on earth, and we are to use our mouth and our ears and our, our eyes and our, our legs, our hands, to use for his glory, including in the sexual relationship, the gift of the, the physical relationship which God has ordained within marriage. And therefore, Shaul Paul is saying, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, the body that belong to the head, the Messiah, Yeshua, and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. See, what he is emphasizing here, because apparently that was the condition there at Corinth. There was sexual immorality within the local assembly, not only in chapter 5 that the man took his stepmother and had physical relationship with her. Apparently, there were other situations that were going on from the next verses that we are dealing with right now. And the bodies of the believer were being used to sin, and they were not judged and confessed and turned away from the evil way. So, you notice what the apostle is saying, you know, shall I then, notice verse 15b, shall I then, notice how he's always also applying it to himself because he knew his own heart. Paul in Romans 7 said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul said in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, he was honest to confess his sin nature. We all have the same old sinful nature. And so that's why he's saying, Shall I? Shall I then take the members of Christ, and make them the members of an harlot, God forbid. In other words, should I have this immoral uh, sexual relationship that the members that God had given me to use for His honor and glory, should I use that in a wrong way? He says, God forbid. Then verse 16, he continues, that the, concerning the believer, that the believer should know that joining to an harlot is really becoming one flesh with her. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. And of course, the apostle, of course, takes the Corinthians all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, where in verse 24, God have said to Adam and Eve, and Eve as he was preparing them, he said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The word for cleaving here is gluing. 
Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and glue unto his own wife, and they, this is the they too, the twain, shall become one flesh. And therefore, Paul used this all the way from the beginning, from the time of the creation of mankind and the first marriage union that God himself performed. And notice what he says, Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, for two, says he, shall be one flesh? So the Apostle Shaul Paul is charging the believers at Corinth to understand that. He is challenging them. And even in the life of our Messiah, when Yeshua was here on earth, before he finished the work of redemption, when he was speaking to his people Israel, when he was ministering among our people of all, the people of Israel, and he was challenged oftentimes. And you remember the Pharisees came unto him in chapter 19 of Matthew in verse 3, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And Yeshua in verses 4 and 5 answered, and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore, verse 6, there are no more twain but one flesh, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what an amazing lessons we learn here. And that is an issue that happened already in, in the early days, in some 30 years after the birth of the assembly, that already this issue rose in that local assembly. All the issues that are found in the letter that the Apostle Paul addressing to the Corinthian believers. And so in verse 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul saying that the believer who joined to the Lord Jesus the Messiah is one with him. And therefore, the believer is not to join unto a harlot. The believer is not to commit sexual immorality. The believer is to have his relationship within the marriage union. Because notice what Paul is saying in verse 17. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined unto the Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, is one spirit with him. In other words, the believers are one with Christ, one with the Mashiach. You remember what we read in John chapter 14 before the death of the Messiah, in anticipation of his death, he's speaking in the upper room to the apostles who already trusted in him, even though the church has not begun as yet. It will begin after the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, uh, Pentecost. We read in John chapter 14, in verse 20, we read, 
At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye are in me, and I in you. In other words, you will understand better later on that you are in me, and I in you, as I am in the Father. In other words, we are one because I have made you. You are all sinners by nature. I have brought you into a relationship with me on the basis of your faith and your trust in me, and therefore you cannot live immorally and make yourself one with the harlot, with the unbeliever, and even the, the lifestyle that is dishonoring unto the Lord. You cannot do so because you belong to the Lord. In chapter 17 of John, verse 20, when Yeshua was praying to his Abba, we read, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 23, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. In other words, every true believer in Yeshua, HaMashiach, is one with him. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul also wrote later on to the same Corinthians, and he said to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, how he had brought them into a relationship with the Lord. It says in verse 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians 11 verses 1 and 2, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, as a chaste virgin to the Messiah. In other words, I have led you, I've been used by God to lead you to come, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and you belong uh, to Him. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, notice how now, as he mentioned in verses 12, 13, and 14, that there is an obligation for the believers to use their bodies for the glory of God the Father, he continued in verses 15, 16, 17, and 18 of this 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to show the obligation that the Corinthians and all believers have towards God the Son, the Mashiach, the Messiah, Jesus Himself, to use their bodies for Him. That's why in verse 17, he did say in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, and now he giving them an instruction. What to do then? What to do then when there is so much failure and the potential of falling into sin? What to do? And so in verse 18, Paul 
called the Corinthians to flee fornication, to flee from sexual sin. So we read in verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. In other words, to flee from sexual sin, to flee from fornication, pornea in the Greek, to flee from that which is sexual sin, because what's happening, every sin that man doeth is without the body, but, he said, he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body, and that means that there is that sin that is against oneself that will only harm the believer if he or she living in that kind of lifestyle. And when sin comes in in the life of a believer, how wonderful it is to confess it before the Lord and to turn to Him and to say, Lord, I have sinned. And as we read in First John 1, 9, we can come to the throne of grace and we read, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can have a relationship, a restoration of the relationship back with the Lord. But notice this interesting expression, flee. Notice it doesn't say resist fornication, but flee fornication. Why? Because he knows our heart. He knows our sin nature. And therefore the believer in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah is not called to resist fornication, but to flee fornication. There are certain things that the devil uses and the flesh because of the weakness of the flesh, the sin which does so easily beset us. A little bit later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 14, the apostle said, we will say to the same Corinthian, wherefore my dearly beloved flee from idolatry. Why? Because we were created by God to worship God. And if we don't worship God, men are inclined to worship something else and someone else. Himself or herself, first of all, but others. Idolatry. Remember that in Corinth, idolatry and sexual immorality was part of the worship of idols. And so in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, he loved them. Shaul Paul loved is a flea from idolatry because this is so natural for all mankind is to seek someone to adore and to worship. We were made by God to worship Him. We were created in the image and likeness of God. But if we resist Him and deny Him and reject Him, we will embrace someone else or something else. Same thing with the fallen nature in connection with sexual immorality. That's why we're not told here to resist fornication or to resist idolatry, but flee fornication, flee idolatry in these verses, beloved brothers and sisters, to Timothy, both First Timothy chapter 6, Paul also instructed this younger 
believer in Yeshua the Messiah by the name of Timothy. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, because Timothy was ministering in some local churches, local assemblies, and there were all sort of things going on there. And so, godliness was that which Timothy was exhorted to follow after. You remember what he said to him in 1 Timothy chapter 6? He said, be content. He said, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. This is 1 Timothy 6. Verses 8 and 9, then verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, you speaking to Timothy, call him, O man of God, Isha Elohim, a man of God, flee these things. Flee these things, but follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So, flee idolatry. Flee these things. Flee fornication. He continues in Second Timothy chapter 2. And there in verse 22, Shaul Paul said to Timothy, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the name of the Lord from or out of a pure heart. So, beloved brothers and sisters, the believers at Corinth were called to flee fornication, to flee idolatry. Timothy was called to flee the things that dishonored the Lord, to flee youthful lust. And that's why there are certain things that we cannot trust ourselves, but flee. We need the Lord's help from that, and the Corinthians were exhorted to do so. And all of us, are. we need the grace of God to help us to flee that which dishonored the Lord himself. And Satan is often shooting these darts to cause God's people to stumble and to fall. James, on the other hand, instead of saying, flee from the devil, he doesn't say so, because we cannot give the back to the devil. According to James chapter 4 and verse 7, Yaakov, James said to the ones to whom he wrote, he says, Submit yourself therefore to God, and you notice, resist the devil. He doesn't say to the believers to flee from the devil, but to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Why? Because you cannot give your back to the devil, to Satan will, will always shoot his darts in order to hinder the people of God from following after the Lord. So, beloved brothers and sisters, just to draw on to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, after Shaul Paul, in verses 12, 13, and 14, he admonished 
the Corinthians with the obligation to glorify God the Father with their bodies. And then in verses 15, 16, 17, and 18, he admonished the Corinthian believers in the obligation to glorify God the Son, Yeshua the Messiah, with their bodies and in their bodies. Now in verses 19 and 20, the last two verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Shaul Paul admonishing the Corinthians with the obligation that they have to glorify God, the Holy Spirit, with their bodies. Notice verse 19 and 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There we read in these last two verses. What? Once again. Know ye know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You notice that, beloved brothers and sisters? The Corinthians needed to understand this fundamental truth that their bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And so when notice that I'm reading, what? Know ye know that your, that word for your is in plural. In other words, every believer, every believer in Yeshua the Messiah, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God. God the Holy Spirit came to reside in the body of all true believers. In fact, Romans 8 and verse 9 tells us that if anyone do not have the Spirit of God, he or she do not belong to the Lord. Romans 8 and verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Mashiach, he is none of his. So every believer is indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God to remind you, that our Lord Yeshua the Messiah have promised this to the Talmudim, to the disciples in the upper room. When he said to them in both John 14, 15 and 16, And I will pray the Father, verse 16 of John 14, And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Notice that? Amazing truth to learn, beloved brothers and sisters. This is fascinating as we read these verses. Chapter 15 and verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from their Father, even the Spirit of Truth, Ruach HaEmet, which proceeds from the Father, He shall testify of me, beloved brothers and sisters. Fascinating just to read these verses uh, together. Chapter 16, 
Verse 7 tells us, listen to this, verse 7. There we read, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That's the Comforter, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit of God, beloved brothers and sisters. Wonderful to see how, and notice verse 13, however, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that He shall speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. Beloved brothers and sisters, Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of God, is indwelling every believer, and according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and this verse 19, which is fascinating, the apostle is once again repeating what he's saying all the time. What? Know ye not? You see that expression, know ye not, was mentioned throughout chapter 6, verse 2, do ye not know? Verse 3, know ye not? Verse 9, know ye not? Verse 15, know ye not? Verse 16, know ye not? Verse 19, know ye not? That Hebrew, hear hallo yadatem? Don't you know that your body individually your body, everybody of each one of the believers is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. Notice, the Holy Spirit is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is fascinating a statement here that in this sixth chapter. If you go back to chapter 3, there in chapter 3, in verse 16, we read, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Notice the word for ye, in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 3, mentioned twice. Know ye not that ye, that ye is plural, all of you together, as a collective local assembly in Corinth, all of you, are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. This is a collective aspect. But in chapter 6 and verse 19, it's not only the you collectively, the local assembly, the all believers together is the temple of God, but every believers, every member of the body of Christ, the body of Messiah, every believer is indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6.19, it doesn't say ye are the temple, but your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you. And ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Beloved brothers and sisters, really, we belong to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He purchased us with his own precious blood. Amazing to be reminded of this 
is the apostle reminds the to the believers at Corinth. He says, You are not your own. You are not your own. You belong to God. And the Holy Spirit of God placed himself within the body of the true believer, the born again, the one that is born of the Spirit of God. Except a man be born again, born from above, he or she cannot enter or cannot see the kingdom of God. And though he concludes chapter 6 here, and we will conclude with this very interesting verse, verse 20, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that you and I have been purchased by the Lord Yeshua the Messiah with a price. And the price was very, very precious. Shimon, Simon, Peter, he wrote to the early Hebrew believers and he reminded them in First Peter chapter 1, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, ye were not purchased by silver with money or with silver or with gold, or with any vain manner of life that you received by tradition from your fathers. No, no. But you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, the precious blood of the Mashiach, is of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, it cost our blessed Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, it cost him his precious blood to be shed, and he paid the price for our sin. And we belong to him. We have to realize that we are one with him. Just like Israel of old, as a nation, because when God had redeemed the people of Israel through the blood of the Lamb, when He brought them out from the land of Egypt, our own forefathers, in Isaiah chapter 43, God did say to Israel in verse 1 and verse 2, But now thus says the Lord God that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called you by thy name. Thou art mine. You belong to me, he's saying to Israel. Later on in verse 21 of Isaiah 43, These people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. And that will happen ultimately at the end of the tribulation period when Israel, the nation, will be restored back to the Lord, they will accept the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, and they will be as a nation, one nation under God, restored, redeemed, reconciled, and this will be fulfilled to the fullest, as it was promised by God. But here it is in relationship to the assembly, to the church, and therefore Everyone, every believer is called to realize that we have been bought with a price and we are to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Let me just remind you in closing, when the Apostle Paul said, 
You are to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God, which are God's. In other words, Paul reminding the believers at Corinth that their spirit and soul and body belong now to God. They were washed by the blood of the Lamb, and they are cleansed, and they are now belong to God. And so let me read you this verse in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto the coming of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, may the Lord help us all to glorify God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, to glorify God in our bodies here upon the face of this earth. May the Lord help us all to do so. And we do need His grace day by day. And when we fail, May the Lord help us to turn to Him in prayer and confession, and He will restore each and every one that come to Him sincerely. Well, God bless you, and may the Lord encourage us all as we continue together with the study of the book of 1 Corinthians. Until the next time, I'm saying to you all, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.